0: Love Talk Radio. To about-
1: That's the theme for every pro wrestler in this business Uh, Welcome to the October 2nd edition of Rubber Guard Radio I'm your host, KZ This episode of Rubber Guard Radio Is brought to you by our sponsors WrestleWarehouse.com You can get uh, Lucha Libre masks T-shirts Japanese uh, Lucha DVDs uh, Independent DVDs SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs I highly urge everyone to check out Every single show from 2008 Mr. Adam Pierce has been tearing shit up left and right in San Diego uh, with SoCal Crazy, Scorpio Sky, um, pretty much everybody under the sun that's in the San Diego area. Also you can check out the two new shoot interviews that we've released. The first one is a two disc set uh, with the Ballard Brothers. Uh, I sat down for two and a half hours with Shane and Shannon and we shot the shit, uh, drank some Molson's, and had a good time. And the second disc is a best of some of their matches from San Diego based uh, independent SoCal Pro Wrestling. And the second shoot interview is My Pride and Joy, My Baby. I sat down for two hours and 45 minutes under the learning tree with Mr. Michael Modest. Uh, um, I followed Mike since he's broken into the business, and you need to go out of your way to check out those shoots. Also, um, they're back from the dead. Don't call it a comeback, but they are back. FogCityWrestling.com. They have a show coming up on October 25th at the DNA Lounge in the South of Market in San Francisco. The double main event with Dylan Drake against Baby Slim. And the second main event, Olafa the Samoan tank from zero one will be taking on one of my personal favorite workers, Raven. Also on the card, we have Chicano Flame taking on Venice DeMarco, Dana Lee against Jekylls the Jester, who is an amazing, goofy type heel, and Nikki the New York knockout from Southern California is taking on Fire. Um, also, I would like to throw props out to the Tomaselli's and EliteProWrestling.com. Uh, if you want to break in the business and you're anywhere in the Chicagoland area, I uh, highly recommend Sal and Vito. Um, they were trained properly, and they will train you properly. Enough of the bullshit. I have on the line the man from Elite Pro Wrestling and IWA Mid South, Mr. Jason Hades. Jason, how you doing, brother?
0: I'm all right. I'm uh, currently outside of a bar in the parking lot, uh, waiting to watch the Cubs game. So tremendous. I'll tell
1: you though, yeah. last week Sammy Callahan had you beat. He was uh he did the show live. He was in a bowling alley. He was bowling <laughs> with Drake Younger. So I guess K Fabe's dead, but
0: Oh uh, yeah, it's been dead for a while.
1: So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that.
0: So brother, <laughs> let's
1: uh let's start from the top. How'd you break into this wacky business?
0: Um, I broke in with a company in Chicago, uh, probably a few from the Midwest I might have remembered it, uh, called LWF. I trained with them for three months when I was, um, yeah, just uh, a little after my 17th birthday. And um, they shut down, and I started training with Brandon Bishop, and really nothing went, you know, nothing started going for me until I uh, started doing a couple of shows for MAW up in Wisconsin. That's when I ran into uh Sal and Brandon Thomaselli. Vito wasn't there. I think he was taking the day off. Or he had another booking somewhere else. But I did a tag match. Um, I tagged with Troy Walters, and we tore it up with those two, and Sal really liked the fact that I was willing to learn and a hard worker. I guess you could just tell from that one match. And um, him and Vito and Brandon, all three of them, took me under their wing ever since, and I've been learning my, so much to talk to each one of those guys. Um, and that's really where my whole, I guess, started was when I Began with them and met them for the first time up in uh, Wisconsin. So, so then are, are you are you still training at their dojo? Or are you still
1: going in a couple times a week and working out?
0: Um, no. I, I mean, I normally I work uh, I work shows every weekend. I try and go in to work with some of the newer students just to kind of give them an idea of what to expect since I'm more fresh on the scene and you know I'm at the beginning stages. Like, where guys, you know, like are, are accomplished like Sal and Vito, they're. They're not able to connect, I guess, as well with the breaking in as much because they've been doing it for so long. So that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I provide when I go there. But whenever I go there, I try and get in the ring with um, Sal and Vito and uh, work on the small stuff and the stuff that I need to improve on. Mm -hmm. So
1: um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, What do you think of Sal and and Vito as trainers in the ring?
0: Um, I think they're of the best around, to be quite honest. Um, They tell you like it is. They're not going to try and take your money. If they honestly think that you don't have what it takes, they're going to tell you. They're not going to sit there and waste your time money to make a profit. They only take the time to help those that they think have a future in this business, and they only take the time to help those that have a want and a will to learn. And if, uh, anyone that's been in the wrestling ring or that has tried to train knows that it's a pain in the ass. And Vito and Sal are very upfront about that. They have... The way they train, I, I am very partial to because... There's no there's no BS at all. I mean, you get everything as it is. And as far as training goes, I, I seriously think that they are probably two of the best in the Midwest. I don't know what the training is like in the rest of the continental United States, but as mm-hmm. far as the Midwest goes, probably two, if not the two best trainers around.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. As, as far as the Midwest, yes. But the guy who you know who gave them the majority of their training, Michael Modest out here, um, you know, is amazing. Uh, they, Sal and, or at least before they broke up, they were trying to get Donovan Morgan and uh, Mike Modest out there to work in a yeah. league show um, and run seminars. Uh, Mike's brilliant. And, I mean, he's broken uh, Vic Grimes, Tony Jones, Crash Holly, uh, Sal Tomaselli. Well, I mean, he didn't start Sal's training, but Sal completed his training. Um, but, yeah, um, Mike is you know a hell of a trainer. Well, we're trying to get him out there. Um, just, just to run a seminar and, and just sit there and listen to the guy because he can just talk. He's a lot like Sally is. Sally can talk. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the thing with Sal is that there aren't any wasted words, and I think that's important. In other words, Sal doesn't bullshit. Um, exactly. I, I'm closer to Sal than Vito, um, and Brandon. You know, I, I have my own beef with him, dude. I, you know, he won't even pick up his his phone, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so, but you know he's the, he's the little punk brother. So, <laughs> uh, so um, now now you hooked up with the Tomasellis, and you started working for their their company Elite Pro. Yep. Um, were you what other companies up up there in the uh, the upper Midwest were you working for at that time? Were you still working um, for
0: Carmine? Yeah, at the time I was working on AW a lot with Carmine. Um, I was working uh, a more central Illinois promotion called MSPW. Um, and then, yeah, Elite was pretty much my first big breakthrough when I started working with them. Not only did I get better each and every month because of all the people that I had around me, you know, letting me know what I needed to work on, and they just motivated to haunt me because everyone was so good. So, I mean, and then after Elite, that's when I got my shot with Mid-South and broke in with, uh, Troy Walters yet again and got my ass handed to me by the time I saw it a couple of times, uh, to essentially break me in, so...
1: Cool, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. So, now you you putting in your time for for Elite Pro. Did you get a chance to get into the ring with any of the Soul Touches?
0: Um, up until this point, no. I really haven't. I haven't gotten in the ring with any of the Soul Touchers, really at all. Well, what, what do you think of them? Um, I think they're some of the most charismatic people on the Indies right now. Um, I, just their entrance alone, um, put the smile on my face whenever I'm watching them. Their in-ring work is very good. They're very energetic. Everything flows very well. Um, I'm looking forward to getting in there with them at the uh, IWA anniversary show this weekend. Uh, I just found out today that that's what was going to be going down. I got very excited because there's a lot of uh, potential because both of them, um, Jazz and Marche especially, are uh, very athletic guys like myself. And to be able to go out there with two guys that I know – can hold their own with me and I'm going to have to step it up a little bit to keep up with them. It, that makes me nothing short of it. Cause I don't like going out there knowing that I can take a night off. I never do take a night off. So, don't get me mistaken, but to be able to have them raise the bar and have to have me try and hurl over it. That, that makes me, you know, I put a smile on my face. Now, is it going to be a tag match? Um, as far as I know, yeah, it's gonna be uh, myself and my good buddy Troy that I broke him all over the place with. Uh, him and I broke into Elite together, into IWA together, and then um, him and I are gonna be tagging against Marche and uh, Jazz as the Soul Touchers on the IWA. This weekend.
1: So yeah, yeah, it should be really good. They're just, you know, I first saw them at the um, King of Trios for Chikara, and once I saw them, I, you know, I called Sal. I'm like, okay, brother. I need footage. You know, I need footage. Once I saw, you know, the Urban American Dream, Willie. I was Willie Richardson. I was like, Oh, oh dude, yeah. this guy's money. He mm-hmm. is money. And, you know, they're they're starting to get you know, get more outside bookings. They're working for IWA. They they did the Chikara shots up there uh, a couple weekends ago. Um yeah, they're they're exceptional. Uh Jazz and Marche are are a really good team. Um and you know, Willie's a good single, and he's, you know, the good third member. Um, you know, hopefully the Tomasellis can uh, get their shit together, because I'd love to see those three in the Tomasellis. Oh,
0: yeah, that'd be good stuff. Uh, Nothing short just, of good uh, stuff right there.
1: <laughs> just money. Um, yeah. The thing so, that I
0: like about the Soul Touchers, all three of them, is that they're very they are very, they're very real. When you go, when you go mm-hmm. out there and you, you get them and you do their, they do their entrance and they're hopping around all happy and smiley, that's who they are. They're not they're not putting I mean they're not them in front for anybody. That's who they are, and that's what I think makes them special, makes them stand out as much as they do.
1: Uh, I, I love when when um when acid jazz comes out with the uh with the uh hot chocolate. That's just that's just money. I mean come on, you can't <laughs> get some of that shit.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah,
1: really good stuff. So um so you you've, you've been you know, up and down the roads with, with uh, Troy Walters. Um, now, you've done tag stuff with him. You've done singles. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you prefer singles work or tag work?
0: Um, I prefer singles work. Um, as a lot of people probably tell you, I'm a pretty nice guy, but when it comes to depending on somebody else, I really don't like playing well with others. I like everything falling on top of my shoulders. And for me to be able to dictate the pace and just be able to control as much as I possibly can, I don't like having to depend. That's just me personally. I, I know a lot of people that prefer tag wrestling, but that's just my take on tag wrestling versus singles wrestling. So I like, I like singles wrestling better because it's all on me. No excuses. It's all on me.
1: Okay. Um, may I ask how old you are? I am 22 years old. Oh, geez. You're, you're a nitro baby. <laughs> I'm um, a youngin'. You are a nitro baby. So, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, what, what were your influences? You know, what, what captured you? Oh, you know what, never mind, we'll get to the influences. What, what made you a fan? What, what match captured you? Oh, uh, uh, I know, what,
0: the match that captured me and just made me just, draw, you know, drop my jaw and made me think that this is something I needed to do was Michaels and Hart WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match. I just, just the athleticism in that match and just the story leading up to it. I know it was corny and everything, but at the time, when I was, you know, younger, it just, it really captured my imagination and just captured my attention, like nothing else at the time did.
1: Okay. Now, now you've seen it on pay-per-view, you've seen it on DVD. I must ask, do you ever pause it, the match, pause that match to go to the bathroom? (laughs) Uh, yeah. No,
0: I can make it words, all the way through. In
1: other words, my my question is: Does it grip you completely through that one hour, and you don't stop?
0: It? Um, you know, I mean, it's not it's not the same as you know watching it again and you know mm-hmm. expecting certain things. I mean, it never for me it never really is. I mean, there's a couple of matches that I can watch, you know, and have the same um, anticipation for throughout the entire duration of the match. But I don't, I don't know if that would still qualify as one. Um, I still go back every now and then and watch the entire thing. You know, without you know, stopping and taking any breaks, so Okay.
1: Well the, the the reason I ask is because that you know, when I when I'm talking to you know, a lot of friends of mine that are workers in the business and you know, the majority of us enjoyed the you know, when Hero met Punk from IWA, the ninety oh. some odd minute match. Oh, and yeah, you know, well. we ask we ask each other, you know, how many times do you pause to go to the bathroom? You know, in other For- words, you know, it grips you, but then at what point do you like to say, "Hey, I have to take a you know step back here for a minute." Yeah, that, that, that's why I ask. I mean, it's it, you mm-hmm. know. <clears throat> now, so I'm assuming you you being you know a smaller guy as opposed to you know uh, a Hernandez or you know these yeah. bigger gentlemen. Um, I would say that you identify more with Shawn Michaels than Bret Hart. Um. Yes. Yeah,
0: guys like Michaels, yeah. you know.
1: So now, do you, do you follow the current
0: WWE product? No, not really. I have a lot of friends that are you know aren't in the business who just can you know WWE fans or whatever. But and they try and ask me if I'm uh, keeping up with it, and I really don't. I just I can't. I can't sit through an entire you know television program that's produced by WWE right now. Can't do it.
1: Well, I I DVR it. I DVR all the programs,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know I I read through reports from you know sheet writers that you know that I that I trust you know and enjoy you know I value their opinion, and I mean I've been following the Michaels Jericho stuff and you know it's I've been saying this since I blew in the face but you know this stuff's a throwback brother you know that's some real shit
0: mm-hmm. you know and yeah it, I've heard nothing but good thrifting. things about that stuff especially so
1: yeah and it ain't over. <laughs> It ain't over. They're doing a ladder match this Sunday, and 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 I have the feeling that the the loser is going to have to win the rumble to get another shot. So that brings it to mania.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know that's money. Um, now, with the exception of the one hour Iron Man match with Brett, what is your favorite Shawn Michaels match?
0: Um, uh, probably his match with Angle at 21. Oh, really. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I had like, I had such high expectations for that match, I just thought there was no way they were going to be able to live up to him, or even come close. I thought I was going to be let down. I just remember sitting there watching the match, being just blown away, being like, wow, this has so much hype and so much build to it, it's actually delivering, at least in my opinion. And prob- that was probably be my favorite one by him.
1: Wow, that's, pretty, that's a pretty interesting answer, honestly.
0: Um, Why? What do you think I was gonna say?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it could have been, you know, Sean Razor, any of the ladder matches. Ah, gotcha. Um, you know, I mean, it, well, with Michaels, come on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been one of fifty answers. Yeah, it could have been. You know, yeah, him So. <laughs> but that, yeah, that was a that was an exceptional match. Um, what did you think of? Uh, what, what was it? Twenty? No, nineteen. Michaels and Jericho
0: oh Shaco, man, that match was Seattle. so good,
1: yeah, that's good. Stuff. I really
0: yeah. enjoyed that one, especially the just everything building up into it, you know, like Jericho you know relating and idolizing Michaels throughout the you know course of his career and everything, and then finally getting the raffle him and everything. it was oh, I love that match, yeah it it with with those two storytellers,
1: i mean, jeez, you know they they could have a good blindfold match. You know, yeah, they, could. they they've they've got that type of talent. Um, for those that are listening to the live stream, uh, if you'd like to call in any time during the uh two hour show, the area code is three four seven two one five seven nine four six. I'm pretty sure Jason wouldn't mind taking a phone call or two. Um not at all. I'm in an asshole I'm in an asshole mood, so you know you might not want to talk to me. But uh, all right, let's uh let's get back. So, um Honestly, now this is I need a shoot answer here, brother.
0: Okay. Honestly,
1: how did you get in with Ian and IWA?
0: Um, basically I just got in through Vito and Sal putting their names on the line for me and telling Ian that I could work and that I'd be willing to bust my ass for him and that if he put me in the ring he's gonna get good results, he's not gonna regret it. The fact that I had my finishing deal with the kill switch, that helped me out a lot because that uh as soon as Ian, I, I still remember it. I was in the ring, you know, messing around with a couple of the um, younger guys of the company, just, you know, chaining around and learning some stuff from them. And Vito and Sal are telling Ian about my finishing move. And I hear, I hear Ian go, really? That, that's nuts. And everything. And then he calls me over and everything and then tells me to do it. And then that's pretty much how I broke in. I had a, a tag match with the Tom Selleys, um, with Troy, as I mentioned earlier. That was uh, a pretty quick match. We were It was pretty much like a one-and-done deal. And then uh, they actually wrestled with another match after they beat us, or after that. And then a couple of months later was when I first got my official start with IWA, and then my bookings with Ian became more consistent, was when I did a four-way that ended in a schmaz and then I don't remember if someone didn't show up, but it was, it was myself and Ricochet against... Uh, Vito and Sal, and we went like 20 minutes, and they just beat the piss out of me. It was bad. And, they, you know, they uh, they beat us in the end, but I guess it was a, a good night for me. I showed everybody, you know, what I was made of and everything, and then I could take an ass kicking, which is the IWA Mid-South way. And um, ever since then, I've been pretty much booked on shows consistently for Ian.
1: Well, the you know, again, since I've been blue in the face, um, you know, Ian will give pretty much anybody a chance. On anybody's word that he trusts, he will give. You, he will literally step back in the pocket and hand you the ball. Okay, he will hand you that agree. ball. Really, and you know he's done it forever. I mean, fuck. Mm-hmm. Where where would Punk be without Ian?
0: Oh, I completely agree.
1: Where would where would Colt Cabana be without Ian? Chris Hero sure and the fuck wouldn't be on pay per view with ROH without Ian. <laughs> I mean, sure, he's made some bad decisions in the past,
0: mm. but you know, I. Yeah, but I nobody's consider, perfect.
1: I'll, who the fuck is, brother?
0: Exactly. You know,
1: I see. My thing with Ian is, I consider him two-faced, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay. I mean, on on the left side, he's got you know he he loves the technical, in the ring, good old-fashioned wrestling stuff, and on the right side, he likes the hardcore garbage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But he's able to he's able to use both, and he keeps them separate as well. Yeah, you know each each has their own place, you know, and, and he knows what to do. Like he he doesn't overload the hardcore shit when when he knows he's gonna have you know really good technical stuff. He mm-hmm. keeps them separate, and I gotta give him all the credit in the world for that. And now my question is, what is your opinion on hardcore wrestling?
0: Um, my opinion on hardcore wrestling is that I. Uh, to be completely honest, I didn't like it at all until I got to Mid-South, and then I I talked to the guys that do it month in and month out. I got to see it firsthand, and it completely changed my opinion on hardcore wrestling. Now, in my opinion, and the way I'm going to progress with my career and everything, I don't think hardcore wrestling is for me. Um, I believe certain guys in the business and in the indies right now do it much better and have a much bigger right who do hardcore wrestling matches, guys like Necro, guys like Danny Havoc, um, just got, yeah, Corp especially, those guys, you know, I think they they know what they're doing. They, I mean, to them it's like an art. Just like to, to me, I, I, that's, I know that's that's striking to say, uh, you know, art about hardcore wrestling, but it's just those guys have a different vision when they go out there and the way they put on things. And you can really tell the difference between their hardcore matches and some guys that have no idea what they're doing that haven't really been trained just hitting each other over, with you know, the heads with light tubes. There's a difference.
1: Well, you you mentioned, you mentioned Dylan. Um, what do you think of Necro Butcher as a worker? And I'm assuming you haven't gotten in the ring with him yet.
0: No, I haven't. No, I, I okay. have not uh, with now, Necro
1: what I want. So. What do you think of Dylan as a worker?
0: Um, I think he's different. I think, you know, he just, he has an energy about him when he goes out there and a charisma. It's just like he has that aura. He has that it factor. When he's out there, you know, you're, you're seeing someone. It's not just some other average Joe that you'd see walking down the street. I think that's the thing about Necro. He's got that aura, that presence when he's out there and everything. And I think, I mean, I think that's truly something special. And the guy can take—I I don't understand how he can take the punishment. He can. It, it, every single time I see him coming back, it just amazes me. I mean, it yeah, just I absolutely amazes me.
1: I, I, can't, uh, I, I can't. I still can't conceive how he can do either. what he does.
0: Yeah. It, It's—you know—I mean—the the barefoot
1: thumbtack shit. I mean, that's just absolutely oh, out of—no, no, I'm sorry. I mean, dude, you've accidentally stepped on a thumbtack before. I'm assuming. I have Oh yeah. Fuck. Imagine if you're yeah. doing it on purpose on—you yeah. know—twenty times a minute. <laughs> Um, you know he gets all, all, all the credit in the world for me, um, but also you got to understand though, you know Necro, you know he's a storyteller, you know, and oh, yeah. before he got in the business, he was a tra- tape trader. You know he watched the old FMW shit where they mm-hmm. would actually tell stories, and that and so is so is Corp. I mean Corporal Punishment, damn good worker, damn good mm-hmm. worker. Um, either doing you know a stronger style or the death match stuff, he knows how to tell a story. And that's the problem with the guys on the East Coast, um, Zandig's boys out in CCW. They just do shit to do shit. Now, if you watch Ian's stuff, um, the non-tournament matches, right, the non-King of Death stuff, then those, those type of hardcore matches, they go out and tell a story. Now, the King of Death is pretty much, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the toughest motherfucker and I'm left standing, but that's what it's for, and that's what the mm-hmm. people, you know, they buy the DVDs and they go to the shows because they know – you know, this is the last man standing, but then you know, you check out the stuff that, that they do as far as uh programs and storylines and stuff, you know, everything has a reason and they tell stories and what what more? It's open. Thank you. You know, what more can you want? Yeah. Um now I, I'm not gonna call you anti hardcore, okay? But now what if what if you were to get into a program with someone, I, I don't know, and it would it would come down to you know like a barbed wire match or whatnot. Would you do it? I would do it. Okay, cool. As long as it uh, made sense getting there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, if you have two guys that hate each other that much, you got to put them in a you know in a ring with barbed wire for ropes. I think that tells for that makes for a very good story. It's gonna suck for both guys, but I think in the end the payoff for the fans is definitely greater with the build up, instead of so just randomly having. A barbed wire match between two guys.
1: Mm. Were you were you there for uh, Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer?
0: Oh yes, I was. Oh man,
1: Insane. I mean, you know, they they finished their story. You know, it was a yeah. conclusion, and it ended years, years of fucking shit between them. You know, and and they did it properly. And you know, I got to put BJ over, man. That fucker's hardcore. You know, going into those. Yeah, that those, was those that was an exclamation
0: matches, point,
1: <sighs> definitely. But it, it told a great story and it finished the story, and that, that's I, I have to give all the credit in the world to Ian because you know he finishes his stuff and it makes sense in the end. I'm not a proponent of hardcore wrestling. Um, I you know, I mean I'm old school. I, I do oh. love the FMW stuff, but you know I'm not a big fan of the King of the Death. It's not really my thing. But if guys sure. get you know if things progress so far. You know, when it gets to that point, it's cool, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I'm going to ask you straight up, no bullshit here, how do you feel about the way Ian books you?
0: Um, I think he's put me in a position to show what I can do. Um, I think I have shown what I can do thus far. Um, He's put me in a position to give me the ball, and I could have messed it up. You know, he he has had faith in me and continues to have faith in me, and expects me to deliver. When he puts me in a one-on-one match, I think he expects potentially a match of the night out of me. And I love the fact that he does that, because then that means that I get to rise to the occasion and step out of my comfort zone. And I think that is essential for anyone on the Indies. Is to, that's the key to taking next steps, taking bigger steps, is to step out of your comfort zone. And to have that kind of pressure put on you. He's, he's come to me a couple of times saying, you know, we, I mean, some of the people have bailed. We, uh, the card isn't that strong. I really need you to tear the house down. And when he says that to me, it, I mean, I get an overwhelming feeling of anxiety for a couple of seconds. And then after that, I'm like, he's got faith in me. I need to have faith in me. I need to go out. I need to. I need to tear it down. I need to drop everybody's jaw. And I think the fact that he books me like that, and that he puts me in situations to where I have the ability to go out there with a the guy that I haven't worked before and tear it up, I think I've learned so much from that, and I've grown as a worker from that. So I have no complaints with the way he books me. That's a shoot. It's
1: so. Tremendous. Awesome. I love it when guys are honest. <laughs> but I guess, you know, when things are going well, you know. Yeah,
0: that's, that's true. It's <laughs> kind of easier to be honest, you know.
1: So uh, your success, you know, in the Chicago land area, um for Elite Pro and and um IWM itself. Have you gotten any offers to uh work outside your area?
0: Um, I have I've gotten a few. I actually did um I actually worked the second night of uh the King of the Death and one of the non tournament matches of course. And uh I got offered to do a match in Texas that I, I'm going to be doing in um December I believe. So I'm really excited about that. That's one of the things I'm trying to do right now is to get more bookings outside of the area. Um, I was able to work in Canada once, which was amazing. That was a great experience being able to work outside the country. Um, I went on a road trip with Vito, Sal, Brandon, and uh, Prince Mustafa Ali up to uh, the Toronto area and got to work a show for uh, Michael Elgin's company up there. And that was that was a blast, just being able to experience another country and everything and, to, be able to wrestle outside of my area and again wrestle outside of my comfort zone. So it was nothing but beneficial to me.
1: Tremendous. Well you, you mentioned uh Mr Elgin. Um that guy's a fucking bull. Um
0: Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> to say the you least. know,
1: he's he you know, he's he's a legitimate, you know, strong guy. You know, he can throw around pretty much anybody. Um and I guess that would probably make, make your matches a lot easier. <laughs> you know, especially you know, if you're doing the uh the razor michaels type of uh, smaller baby face bigger heel type of dynamic. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. You know, it helps. Um <clears throat> well let, let's talk about your, your weekend. Um who uh you worked the first night? Who did you work for on the I head didn't head? I didn't I
0: didn't work uh at all on the first night of TPI. Okay, he had the
1: night off, and the second oh. night you you were in the ring with, uh, I guess we can't call him Jason, but it would be. No, striking. we gotta, we
0: got to call him Quick now, don't we?
1: Oh, that's a the same. There you go, there you go.
0: Well, let's let's talk
1: about it. How how did you get to that point in that match? I, I'm a little behind in my IWA DVDs, so you're. Oh that no, to I'll, fill, I'll
0: fill you in. I'll give you the the quick uh, wrap up for it. Um, we started out. We had we had a match, like I was saying, that where Ian um gave me and him an opportunity to tear the house down, and um we went to a twenty minute time limit draw, and the fans wanted five more minutes, so me being the fighting champion that I am, I gave him five more minutes um that match concluded with me hitting the kill switch, which is my finisher, and I went for the pin, but he was in the he was holding onto the rope, and i by the time I pulled him out, the time had expired again for the five minutes, so the fans weren't done, they wanted more. King and the Crimson Masks was, uh, was coming up, and Ian booked him and myself in a TLC match. Now, the different dynamic to this match was, was that he went and got himself Kimberly Cash, who was a manager at Elite Pro. He went out and got her services, so she was at ringside when we had that match. And I was able to retain my belt when I hit a, uh, hit my kill switch off the top of the ladder like an idiot. I should have just grabbed the belt. But instead, I decided to hurt the son of a bitch. And we went to a table. I proceeded to climb back up, grab the belt. That was over. We weren't done at that point, unfortunately. I thought the son of a bitch would just take it easy and leave me alone. The next uh, double shot weekend we did, the first night we had a tag match. At the end of that match, he decided to pretty much try and kill me by hanging me over the top rope with a noose. Um, Thank God he didn't get what he wished for. And so the next night of that Double Shot weekend on Sunday, we were supposed to have a cage match for the We Are Family show, which was a fundraiser for Mickey. And he called Ian up and told Ian that he couldn't make it. So I, everyone thought he wasn't going to be there. I wound up uh, wrestling Ricochet. I beat Ricochet. Kept my belt. Thought that was it. Kimberly Cash comes out into the ring, makes me put my belt on the line against Dave Allen. I beat Dave Allen really quick. I make short work of him. Lo and behold, Trauma comes out, one of our other henchmen at Elite Pro. So now, essentially, we have a struggle going on from Elite to IWA. They beat the crap out of me, duct tape my hands together and my feet together, and then Quick, who allegedly couldn't make it to the show, Comes running off from the back, whoops my ass along with the other two, and then proceeds to try and suffocate me to death by putting a plastic bag over my head and taping the bag shut over my head. That was one of the most scary experiences I have ever gone through in my entire life. I thought I was going to die. Thank God Ian and Drake Younger thought that that night was not my time. So that led into the cage match at TPI. I wanted him in the cage so badly. I wanted him in any match. I wanted to get my hands on him in any way, shape, or form that I pulled myself out of the TPI and I pleaded to Ian to remove Quick from the TPI as well so that we can have that match and we could finally end this long, heated battle between the two of us that was getting way, way, way too damn personal. So that's how the cage match came about at TPI. Awesome! Wow. Whew. So you guys,
1: you you've completely uh, washed your hands of him, and and you guys are completely done doing your thing.
0: Um, I hope so. If the son of a bitch has both eyes, the next time I see him, I'll be I'll be amazed because I did something I'm not proud of. I knew going into that that him and I were both gonna walk out different people. I think I have. I think people are going to see a more violent, angry Jason Hades. I think I'm not going to be pushed around as much as I was before. Quick doesn't have his first name anymore. I don't know if he has the ability to see 2020 anymore after I jammed a screwdriver in his eye and made him quit. Oof. All I know is I walked out my name, I walked out my boat End of story. I'm moving on. Kimberly Cassidy mm-hmm. got somebody else for me. All she has to do is hope that they don't see what I did to Quick.
1: Awesome. Well, now that I am completely caught up, <laughs> I, I appreciate that uh, that quick little uh, not a problem, sir. Refresher there. Oh, yeah, I, I admit it. I, I'm behind. I, um, you know, to be honest, I, I put in my D V DVDs before IWA. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know that's a shoot.
0: That's all and, right, man. You're a fan. You have that right, you know? You get to watch whatever you want. That's the great thing about wrestling. The options.
1: That's a very good point. Um, well, I, I mentioned Chikara. Um, what do you think of Mike Quackenbush? Um, are, are you a fan of his, and uh, would you like to work him somewhere down the road?
0: Oh, I would love to work Quack. I think uh, he has one of the most diverse styles in the Indies. The guy can do everything. It's, it's really incredible to watch him because, he knows so much and has so much knowledge, just like hero. They have so much knowledge that one, one ten 10 to 15 minute encounter with them, you're a different person. You know, so much more after working them. And I think a guy like me, I, I tend to call myself a sponge. If I'm around anyone like that, I'm going to learn, I'm going to pick up stuff. And I think putting me in the ring with quack would benefit any promoter that did that. In my opinion.
1: So, well, uh, um... My my guest last week was Sammy Callahan, and this gentleman had the breakout weekend of all weekends.
0: Oh, I completely um, agree.
1: He, um, he defeated Chris Hero. He defeated uh, Too Cold and Eddie Kingston. Yep. Um, Jesus, talk about getting a shove.
0: And oh, definitely. I mean, you beat three of those names
1: in two days. Uh, people are going to talk. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, Ian made a star, and... <laughs> you know, no doubt. And I was uh, speaking with Sammy last last week, and and he was talking about you know he wanted to get in the ring with Kingston and, and you know and and show that he could you know keep up with these guys.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Have you Arsene ever been you in, in the ring with that? Sammy? <laughs> Have you ever been in there with Sammy?
0: Um, no, unfortunately, I haven't. He's one of the guys on my list. So I definitely want to get in there list mm-hmm. So because I I just no. love I love his intensity. I love how hard he hits. It's just everything about the guy. It's just it's just pedal to the metal, full speed ahead. I, I like that about him. Uh, I'm going to go on the record and
1: say that he's going to be the breakthrough independent star of '09. The quote-unquote Chuck Taylor, um, <laughs> like you know Chuck Taylor when he first popped up in IWA and he just blew up. I mean, completely blew up. Uh, what do you think of Sweet Chucky e. T?
0: Um. Chuck T, I I think, is one of the most entertaining guys to watch in the Indies. That guy, I mean, his match with Cassandra on night one was incredibly entertaining. The guy is unbelievably athletic, and he has just so much character and charisma. It's just, he's hilarious. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever been around the guy and not laughed. I mean, I, I really can't make a statement to say. But yeah, I mean, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. So, <laughs> I, I mean, and... His ability in the ring is just as I mean, is just as high up there as his uh, comedic stature. So, the
1: the thing is, I I've had Chucky on the show before, and he was kind of shy,
0: you know. Yeah, he and, is. Uh, yeah, he's slow to warm like, up.
1: you know, I was like, wait a minute, brother. You know, but I mean, <laughs> if I was there, you know, you know, at the at the Applebee's after the show, or, or or whatever, you know, we're we're drinking and eating or whatever, I'm pretty sure that he would be a lot more loose. It, it's kind of strange. Um, yeah. You know. He, he oozes charisma, you know, just the the way he is. And then he's on the show. I'm like, dude, um, are you awake there, Johnny, <laughs> or are you uh, violating the wellness policy?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I mentioned it. Um, within the next couple weeks, uh, "Bigger, Stronger, Faster" will be coming out on DVD. Um, Chris Bell, who uh, put out this movie regarding you know steroid use in general, um, I'm going to put you on the spot, brother. What are your feelings on 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 the boys using steroids?
0: Um, you know what? If they can do it and do it safe, God bless them. You know, I mean, I don't. I've always had the theory and the mindset to myself is that I don't want something like genetics to screw me and take away my dreams. Now, I I personally I will go on record to say I don't, but I understand those that do and why they do it, and I'm not going to pass judgment on them. You know, if they want to do that stuff and then put their time in on the gym on top of that, God bless them. You know, we're all going to do what we got to do. And I really, I mean, just as long as they're safe. That's, prior, that's the key thing, just as long as they're safe.
1: Well, my, my, issue, my issue is guys that break in and, and they're smaller, they're quote-unquote weights. Um, and I use Rey Mysterio. Okay, a perfect example. Um, you know, he first broke in, he was this, this little guy that was flying all over. And now, you know, he's a jacked 175, but he's still 5 foot 6. Yeah, you know, and you know, his body's so shot he can't do all the cruiserweight shit anymore. Um, he's starting to work more of a smarter style. And the thing is, steroids will make you larger in size, but it doesn't make you grow in height.
0: That's uh, true. It kind of, yeah.
1: You know, it it bothers me like uh a perfect example is Shane Helms, um, the, the Hurricane or Sugar Shane, whatever you want to call him. He should always be a cruiserweight because of his style. And then when he gets you know, juiced up and then he tries to do a style, it just doesn't look right. I mean, if you're a cruiserweight, you're a cruiserweight. And yeah. if, you, if, if you're lucky, you'll break through like Jericho did or Michaels did. You know, that, that's, that's my point is that guys shouldn't get so jacked up. Where it affects their work.
0: I agree, because <clears throat> then it starts you know, limiting yeah. flexibility. They get faster. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean, I understand uh, in that regard where you're coming from. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, who am I to you know tell the boys what to put in their system? You know, if you're gonna do it, yeah. do it. You know, just don't overdo it, and you know, just be careful. You know, train properly, and you know. Yeah,
0: just be safe. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is
1: a cosmetic business, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to knock anybody for doing what they have to do to get where they think they want to be. You know, I mean, who the fuck am I to knock them? You know, just be careful and don't, you know, don't hurt anybody else. (laughs) You know, that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, everybody needs to work and now you, you meant, we were talking about Sammy and you, you, you know, you said that, you know, he's rather stiff and, you know, he hits hard. Um, has anybody ever taken liberties with you in the ring?
0: Um, let me think. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, and Sal I mean, definitely than, didn't. We did know, that 10 match. A
1: forearm or a chop or whatever, oh. you know, someone just beating the fuck out of you.
0: Just because they didn't like me or they were trying to hurt me? No, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone's ever really done that. So, yeah, I've been I've been one of the lucky ones. Okay. Okay.
1: Now, um, last week, while talking to Sammy, I brought up Scorpio. Um, this guy, you know, a man his age should not be doing what he's doing in the ring. You know, he defies physics and odds and He's incredible.
0: Absolutely incredible.
1: You know, he's not the flip flyer that he used to be, but he flies when he needs to. And, you know, he works more of a stronger style now, more physical, that quote-unquote Noah style. And, and I love watching his newer stuff. Oh, yeah, his
0: awesome. new stuff is awesome. Every single time, every wow. show I'm on with him, I try and, you know, sit down and talk with him for at least a half an hour, just asking him questions, picking his brain, asking him what it was like when he broke into business when he was my age and anything he could tell me that I can improve on. And it's like it's seriously like a seminar. I feel like I should be paying the guy. And maybe I shouldn't be saying that because he might get some ideas and I'm broke, but the guy is just an abundance of knowledge. And I completely agree, you know I mean? He doesn't fly as much as he used to, but the stuff he's doing now is, is just as good. Just as good. Mm-hmm. But
1: see, the thing is, though, he's able to fly when he needs to, as far as it making sense in the con in the contents of the match. Exactly. Now in it the means context of the match.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, he's he's more wise, and but you know, he could still fucking go at a high level. Oh yeah. At okay. a high level, and it you know it's it's amazing that the WWE signed him and let him go again and. I mean, he should be in there working with all these young kids, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when are we going to see you in an IWA ring across from Scorpio?
0: I don't know. Uh, sooner, hopefully, you know, it would be better than later because, I. oh, man, he's one of the guys I, I need to work. I want to work him so bad. I mean, hopefully Ian does it somewhere down the line. But I, I don't have an answer for that right now, but hopefully sooner than later. Cool. So um,
1: do you have any aspirations to – um? to work abroad, to go to Mexico, maybe, or, or Japan?
0: Um, I really want to go to Japan. That's my goal. If I, if I can do a couple of tours with Japan, I will have done everything I wanted to do with wrestling. That's my dream. I, just want, I, just, I love the fact that wrestling is still considered a sport over there, and it's looked at the way I believe it should be looked at. And I, I just love everything about wrestling in Japan, and just I, I want to do that. That's one, thing, that's one dream I've had for a while where a lot of people that I started training with, they were all like, oh, I want to work for the Fed, or I want to work for TNA, or I want to do this or that. I've, I've wanted to work in Japan. so.
1: Well, I'm going to put you on the spot um, because you know yourself better than anybody, what you can do in the ring. Um, what company do you feel that you and your skills would fit right into?
0: Um, I think I'm in a good place right now with IWA. To be quite no, I mean,
1: honest. If 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 you were to go to, I, I meant if you were to go to Japan, what company would fit right in. Yeah.
0: I'm um, you, I really think that I would fit in the best with Noah. Um mm. for the reason is that I mean I can be hit hard, I can hit hard. Mm. I don't do it as often as I would like. That's the one thing I'm going to change. Um i I view myself as a guy that can go um, I mean, of course, I, there are several things that I need work, but I think that's where I would be the best suited. Now,
1: who would your know-what dream opponent be? Because I'm I'm assuming it would be in the junior division. Oh, yeah, now, Kenta, who, all who, the way. Who would it be? Kenta, all the way. Kenta? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I don't think there's anybody better. Um, I, I agree. On, as far as Kenta, yep. he's just blown away. Um, just, what the fuck can you say? <laughs> Honestly, you, you yeah. can't compare him to anybody.
0: Yeah, he's a little guy, that's why he's so special. And just a pleasure to watch all the time, so. Yeah, no doubt, he is, uh,
1: he is really enjoyable. Uh, what, what do you think of Mayor Fuji?
0: Oh, that guy's awesome too. Um, just, I mean, he, just, he's so quick and just blew it with everything. I, I, just everything that he does is just so smooth and crisp. It's like it's almost like pretty, I guess you would say. You know, it's just he's he's awesome to watch. There, I mean, those Kenshin and stuff is just awesome. Tremendous, tremendous. Now,
1: how much of the uh, current uh, Japanese product do you watch? Are are you available to watch? Um,
0: I, I'm kind of I'm a broke college kid, so I can't really afford to buy stuff as much as I would like. So I'm only really Watching stuff That I can see on YouTube Or stuff I can borrow From other people So I mean It's not I don't really try And keep up with the product Like show by show I try and get You know Certain wrestlers DVD collections Or whatever Like Sal gave me You know Like Kenta's Best of DVD And stuff To peruse And study And watch And everything And that was really Beneficial to me And uh You know Sometimes my kid uh, Some of his older stuff From Japan And everything too I don't keep up With the product Show by show
1: yeah, at, at this point in time, I, I don't, with the exception of IWA and Chikara, I don't watch any specific companies other than those two. Mm. I just go out of my way to watch certain workers. And, you know, that's you know just the way it is for me now. Um, say you have me over to, to your apartment and, and we're sitting on the couch. We're having a couple beers and you want to pop in a dvd for for you and myself to watch what dvd would that be
0: oh i probably to have one of mine so i can get your perspective of my work firsthand um <laughs> i i don't know you to it, brother. I, I love i love getting feedback that's just me so um, I don't know, that, that, uh, the Kenta series that I have, too. I, I enjoy watching that. I show that to people that aren't even wrestling fans, and they appreciate it, so... Is that the the
1: Kenta and Marafuji tag, tag comp?
0: Um, no, I haven't actually got all that Kenta. one yet.
1: Oh. It's all
0: Kenta, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, that guy, I can't get enough of that guy. Um, well, let's, let's, uh, let's go back. Um, with the exception of Shawn Michaels, um... What other workers, um, you know, influenced you? Like uh, you, you would uh, take something from, from whatever they're doing or, or something, you know, you see in their match, and, and you're like, okay, I could take that and put that in my pocket. Uh, what, what other workers, you know, captivated you as, as um, a fan? Van
0: Dam, um, his ECW stuff was a big uh, motivator for me, Jerry Lynn, and his ECW stuff was a big uh, motivator for me. Um, Benoit, all of his stuff, Guerrero, um, and Malenko, too. Um, I was a big Mysterio fan, like you said, I'm a Nitro baby. So, um, those guys, I mean, I've always been a fan of the smaller guys. I've never, I mean, I understand everyone's got their place in wrestling, so i just never have been a big fan of the bigger guys. Hardly at all, actually. So. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see, um... Do you
1: think that uh, there's going to be uh, a third company, you know, to uh, quote-unquote compete with uh, TNA and Vince?
0: Um, I I mean, I really don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I mean, about one starting up, I think it would be great if there was. I think competition is best for the fans overall, and that's what this business is all about is the fans. So I think if there were a third company to start up, it would give younger, hungrier guys the opportunity along with I'm sure some well established guys that haven't uh, found a niche in either company um a place to showcase their talents and I think that would be nothing but beneficial for the fans and wrestling as a whole because competition i think you know t- takes and brings out the best in everybody and I think that's what the wrestling industry on the top level is lacking right now well my my
1: opinion is the third brand's going to be the n w a when they relaunch. Um, okay. Just because the, the way that they put their shows together, uh, they're put together a lot like the old Nitros were, where you had uh, you know the younger guys in the opening match, you had your cruiserweights, you had your international guys, you had your tag matches, and you had your big guys on top. Uh, they put their shows together the same way, and they're working on getting national TV. Um, plus they have Adam Pearce on top, so hey, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all good with that. I'm not saying that because he's a frequent guest and friend of the show. Um mm. you know, there's there isn't anyone better out there as far as heavyweights as Adam Pearce. And that that's that's a shoot. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, they're go- I think that when the NWA gets their TV, it's only a matter of time. Um I know they're they're negotiating with certain cable TV network which I'm not liberty to to say, but um I think that they're going to take you know that step and they're going to overpass TNA. Um, do you get a chance to watch TNA, or do you get a headache like I do?
0: Um, I get a headache. I tend to use that time to go to the gym, actually. So I don't really frequent their programming.
1: Yeah, it's too much, dude. I, I just fuck, man. I, I can't keep up with it. It's it's too much, too fast. It, you know, it's like uh, like the original ECW, you know, times ten. It, it's just so. <laughs> fast-paced and it's, it's too serious. much information
0: like, to take in you don't get to register yeah. or process anything
1: yeah exactly it's like dude my head's gonna fucking explode it's like slow <laughs> down you know I mean now did did you get a chance to see any of the Joe Angle matches
0: um I saw the one that heavily emulated an MMA fight where I think, think I think I think it at? was the one that Joe won, went over for the for the bout that's the only one I really saw What'd you think of that match? I mean I I thought it was I liked the fact that they were trying to go a different direction with things. I mean it was a little mm-hmm. different. But um I wasn't particularly blown away by it. I mean I thought but it was like, really it. standoutish to me.
1: So I enjoyed it. It it brought me back to ninety three and ninety four with um the U W F style, U W F I style Takata Invader, uh that shooty, you know, type of uh, wrestling that they did a lot of striking and and kicks and you know just really stiff shit and it was fun but you know honestly they can't do that shit every week oh yeah I mean that would kind of hurt
0: the product a little bit because how can you take an ass kicking like that every Mm -hmm. single week and that was my problem
1: how are you going to show that type of work to your fan base and then not be able to deliver it on a weekly basis
0: yeah because they're going to start expecting it every week yeah, so, that's
1: why I was against it, uh, well, honestly. I mean, I love the match. It's in my, my top ten of this year. I love uh, it. But what are, how are you going to follow it, and how are you going to have all your other workers follow it? It's just not yeah, going to You know, I mean, it, sure, it was fine for one shot, but... Mm. Okay, let's see here. All right, well, we're running down out of time, Mr. Hades. It was my pleasure having you on, brother. Oh, it was a
0: pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: Hey. You know, um when, when there's fresh talent out there that you know that's uh you know, scratching to the top and you know, you're on your way. Keep it I'm up. Doing my you know, I mean I, I, I don't mean to swing on Ian's nuts, brother, but fuck man, if he gives you the ball, you know, something's gotta be, you know, going on there. And, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's not saying anything about you. That's not saying about who you know. That's truth. just the truth. Yeah, you know, and you know, my my listeners and and my guests and friends, they know I don't bullshit. You know, I'm honest. You know, I have nothing to fucking gain here. Um, but uh, if anybody would like to book you, how would they go about doing that?
0: Um, they can contact me at my email, which is Jason Hades, all one word two thousand two zero 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 at com. that's a good way to do it or uh hit me up on myspace too that's another way to do
1: it tremendous tremendous
0: okay brother
1: it was uh my pleasure having you on man it was a, a really good conversation well uh, thank you for having
0: me it was a pleasure You're definitely right about the good conversation though
1: it's all good man We'll we'll have to have yeah. you on again uh down the road we'll uh let the uh, ball bounce some more in the in IWA, and then you know we'll see what happens.
0: Sounds like um, a plan. All
1: right, brother. Thanks for coming on, and and uh, we'll have to have you on again. Very, Definitely, very. You're
0: very welcome. All
1: right, brother. You take care now. You too. All right. That was Midwest Independent Star, Mister Jason Hades. Um, Jason is a uh, he's breaking out, man. Um, Ian's putting the uh, the push behind him in IWA Mid-South, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, doing pretty good in, uh, EliteProWrestling.com as well in the Chicagoland area, and, uh, he's doing, uh, pretty well, so, uh, it was good to have Jason on, uh, sounds like a pretty humble kid, and, uh. Uh alright, that's awesome. Uh was a pretty good interview. Uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a quick song until we get our next guest on here. Um, let's see. That will violate the wellness policy. reefers To the second hour of Rebel Guard Radio uh, segments brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. DVDs, Lucha Masks, T shirts, all kinds of other stuff, and FogCityWrestling.com. Wrestling.com. Fog City coming back, but don't call it a comeback, uh, October 25th at the DNA Lounge in South of Market in San Francisco on 12th Street downtown. <coughs> Come out and join us. I have on line the owner operator. Ted Honcho and the big cheese of IHW Entertainment. Vengeance, David Fuller. Davey. What's up, brother?
2: Good after good evening to everyone out there in Roverguard Radio Land. It's great to be back. How are y'all? Oh, fine and fucking dandy, brother. Fine and dandy. Well, let's uh let's not fuck around.
1: Um you have coming up on the fourth, um a world class reunion in yeah. Fort Worth. You have managed to somehow finagle, I don't know who he had to blow or what not. <laughs> you have uh, Mark Lawrence, Bill Mercer, and General Scandor Akbar, Mr. Chico Torres, and Gary Hart's son, Chad Hart, coming in. How in the fuck did you do this?
0: <laughs> well, it
2: took months and months of work and a lot of luck, and, but uh, the biggest thing with me is respect. And uh, I think uh, Mark larance Bill Mercer, and Skandar Akbar could all tell how respectful I was and how much I respected what they did and how respectful IHW is to the road they paved. Mm-hmm. IHW Entertainment was once about breaking tradition. Uh, however, as we've grown older and seen what tradition has brought us, we do really appreciate these these legends, and they are legends. Um, I saw somebody on the Crazy Max board uh, I put world class championship wrestling reunion, and they had they sat there and said, "I only see three guys. That's not really a reunion." Well, in my eyes, the world class pool is very, very. There's not a whole lot Who's of people. Left? you not a whole lot Who's of people left? you can get. Really? Who's left? I mean, honestly, our <laughs> video did a very successful world-class reunion Q&A this March in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, or not in Philadelphia, but in Pennsylvania. That turned out to be the farewell of Gary Hart. Tragically, so I mean, they had Bill Irwin, scanned our bar and Gary Hart. Um, had things worked out a little bit differently? Gary Hart would be there this Saturday night along with Chad. So, I mean, to get Bill Mercer and Mark Lawrence, who live in the area, and Scandorac Bar together, I think is a really big deal. Uh, Actually, this coming Saturday, IHW Entertainment will present the Lifetime Achievement Award to Mr. William Mercer for his number of years and dedication to entertaining the fans. Always professional. Never really degraded the business when he probably could have at times. And, uh, you know, so we really appreciate Mr. Mercer. He's been great. I, I just talked to him a few hours ago. And he's really looking forward to this. Guy's 82 years old, man, and he's really looking forward to this Saturday. <laughs> so I'm honored beyond belief. As far as I'm concerned, Saturday night is our WrestleMania. And uh, to have them guys there, General Skandor Akbar was on SCARS Radio a few weeks ago, my radio show, and he said he's looking forward to coming to IHW. Akbar turned 74 this week. So, I mean, and Mark Lawrence when I asked him to come say some words about Bill, he was just overjoyed. He said he wouldn't miss it for the world. So Tremendous.
0: Chad was
2: Chad was a Chad was a fluke. Uh Chad Hart called the offices. Chad Hart hasn't wrestled in three years. Uh you know, if I was in I don't know if if I was in Chad's shoes, I don't know if I could have came back to this business. You know, considering what happened in March. But uh, you know, Chad he's a he's He's got a lot of heart man, I mean no no pun intended, and uh you know it's gonna be great to see him Chad was one of the, chad is awesome I mean, as far as in ring performance, he was best as they get, you know major league wrestling, their final two shows he was a vital part of that, so I mean, I'm really looking forward to Chad being at i h w and then Chico Torres is having his last match this Saturday night after twenty five years in the business. I was over at Chico's house last week he was showing me a six man tag with Jeff Gaylord, Jeff Jarrett, Dustin Rhodes, Steve Austin, and gorgeous Gary Young. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> can't get any better than that, brother. I'm telling you, man. So,
1: who's uh, who's Chico working in, in his uh, final match?
2: Well, he had a guy lined up named Dr. Court Caution, a young kid out of East Texas, real brash, real hot-headed, but I found out he's not going to be there. So, right now, that spot is open, but there's going to be a lot of talent there Saturday. So, um Right now there's kind of an open challenge. Chico Torres in his farewell match is going to open it up to anybody who wants to take him on. That's a that's a bold move. The Chico Torres turned 50. And so he's opening up the the floodgates to <laughs> a lot of young talent there who definitely want to make a name for themselves. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Tremendous. Tremendous. So um how would people go about getting tickets here, Dave? If, if oh, well, you're anywhere Anywhere close to uh, Fort Worth, Dallas
2: area? Well, uh, it's going to be at the Worth Heights Community Center, which is off of I-35 in South Fort Worth and Rippey Street. Um, If you're familiar with the Dallas-Fort Worth area at all, if you know where downtown Fort Worth is, if you uh, come south of there, then you will come off I-35, exit Rippey, follow the sign that says Community Center, get off New York Avenue, 3551, uh, we're going to open the doors at 6 p.m. and KZ. This is the best part. It's only five dollars. All seats five dollars. Five bucks. Five bucks. Wow. So for five dollars, you get five bucks. Five bucks, man. That's the you can't beat it. And it is a benefit for the Worth Heights Community Center, who just this week opened their doors up. They were a shelter for Hurricane Ike evacuees for six weeks. They just opened up their doors this week and we're the first major event we're going to have this Saturday. So we're really looking forward to hopefully helping them out with some funds to put back in those after school programs for those kids. So should be awesome.
1: Tremendous.
2: Wow. Yeah, it, man. <laughs> well, wow is all I
1: can say, brother. And and <laughs> congratulations to you and and your father as well. You know, I know you guys both, you know, put in some hard work into this and and I have to put you guys both over and, and that's a shoot, brother. Um, you know, I'm glad that you got you guys got this this, this going and you know, it, it's uh you know, it it's amazing. Um because those gentlemen they, they haven't gotten the the due respect um that they deserve. Uh they were pretty much overlooked as far as the 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 WWE uh world class D V D. They were pretty right. much overlooked. Um, now the other one, the uh, Heroes of World Class. That's a different question. Correct. But you know, but uh, yeah. Once again, um, if you're anywhere in the Dallas area this this weekend, uh, you need to check this out um, because, to be honest, I don't see Mercer or Lawrence sticking their head out into public again. And that's the truth. I really don't see them doing this again. Uh, because you know they're getting up there in age, and, and I'm pretty sure they they don't want to be involved in in the business too much anymore, right? You know, because of, you know the changes and everything,
2: right? But, uh, I, I mean, and we also know. got uh, really quick, if you don't mind, sure. really quick, we got the former XCW champion Kevin Douglas. We got the former PCW heavyweight champion and All Japan superstar JT Lamada. A friend of the show, Chris Wolf, is making his return. Uh, Chico Torres uh pcw talent xcw talent uh uh everybody you can think of from all the only there's only one guy missing from this show and you know who it is and i called his drunken ass and i said hey you need to get down here and unfortunately (laughs) we weren't able to work it out but he is coming back he did guarantee me he would come back in the first show that i had when he came back he would be on and uh We've also got some DVDs out, ihwenow.com, We've got and we're also working on a DVD with the Necro Butcher from his early 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 years. So, um we've got a we've got a lot of stuff going on, so I mean, but yeah, this is awesome. Uh KZ, you know, man, I wish you could have been there. We we tried, but I mean, with everything going on, but I mean, uh you will get the first master DVD of this show made. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, I mean, very very Tremendous brother. Uh, I really appreciate that. You know, hopefully uh you know you, you guys can uh you know put some asses in seats, man. It you know, it's it's a good cause too. Definitely you know. You know, it's it's not just, you know, the IHW guys. You know, it's all you know, it's a good cause too. You know, this community center, they you know, they put their neck on the line for all those weeks for you know, all these uh you know, hurricane victims and all that good stuff. Um, you know, fuck dude, I am a big sucker for charity. Um, and always have been, and uh, you know, what, what, what more can you say, man? You know they house house people. You know what the fuck right. more can you say? Exactly. Um, all right. Well, now that we got IHW business out of the way, um, I'm going to put you on the spot.
2: Okay. Now, Ken or Kimbo? Um, I'm uh, I'm going out on a limb. I think Ken can beat Kimbo. Hmm. And the only reason I say that is because almost everybody has seen Ken in his last fights. Almost every one of them, he's lost. He got smashed by Tito three times. He lost to Rich Franklin on the Ultimate Fighter one finale. Uh, He's been—he's a joke. He's been a joke over the last few years. But I mean, Kimbo. But people don't. The thing about Kimbo, Kimbo is not that good. He's a—he's a pound. He's a pounder. He's not a grounder. He's a fucking pounder. If you get caught with one of those meat hooks, it's over. But I I mean, he went against uh who was who's the guy he fought at the first Elite XC show, I forget his name. Tank. Or or not the first one, but the first one on CBS. Oh, uh Thompson.
1: Thompson? Jim Thompson,
2: Thompson yeah. was not a he was not a he was not a tomato by any means. But mm-hmm. uh, that fight was supposed to make Kimbo look like a monster and the only the only reason it did was because of Thompson's cauliflower ear. Had mm-hmm. that not been... Had his had, had that been anybody else, I mean, that was almost three full rounds. That almost went to the decision. So, I mean, I think Kimball's weaknesses was exposed there. He hit Thompson as hard as he could, and he didn't knock him out. He knocked his ear out, but he didn't knock him out. So, I think if Kim uses his wrestling skills, which he does have, and he, he uses his grappling... I think Ken can beat Kimbo on the mat, but if he stands up and tries to punch with Kimbo, I think it'll be over quicker than you can say Kimbo slice. Would you call it maybe a Lesnar-Mir finish? No, because uh, Shamrock's not as quick and smart as Mir on the ground. Mm. Now, Kimbo's going to have to make a really big mistake, but I think he, he's, I think he's going to be prone to those mistakes. CBS is putting all their gravy in Kimbo Slice's train. And the only reason they booked this fight was because they know it'll get big ratings. It'll draw huge ratings. Oh, yeah. It'll draw huge ratings. Shamrock drew some of the biggest ratings in houses in UFC history. And uh, Kimbo's a rating success. It's going to do very well on CBS Saturday. But at the same time, if Kimbo Slice loses to a Ken Shamrock cool. who is approaching 50... It's over.
1: Well, no. I think that they'd be able to to get Ken and Frank. I think that would be the next one.
2: It'd be over for Kimbo, but it wouldn't be over for Lee Dexy. Right. Well, yeah. But then they would have
1: to. They would have to go right, right for Frank and Ken. Right. Definitely. And then hopefully try to rebuild uh, Kimbo. You know. Exactly. If they can, if they can, I don't think I don't think they could. I don't think exactly. he really can either. Be really that devastating of a loss.
2: Exactly, and I mean, right now he they have uh, he's in the public eye right now, and he's over. And I don't got nothing against Kimbo personally. He seems like a, a cool guy, but I mean, he, I mean, he's he's not a good fighter. He's a he's got heavy hands. I mean, that's that's it. Pretty much. He's got a nice he's got a nice sob story. I mean, it's marketable. Okay, this guy came from here. He did this. He did that. But at the end of the day. He's got big hands, and that's it. Put him in there with Randy Couture and see what happens.
1: Schooled. Well, you you brought up Randy. Randy and Brock. Give me a winner.
2: (sighs) Brock impressed the shit out of me against Heath Herring, but Mm -hmm. as much as he impressed me, that fight should have been over when that first punch was thrown. I have to agree. So uh, Brock's going to have to go in there. And But he cannot make the mistake that Tim Sylvia did. Couture mm-hmm. has been out for a year. So Brock's going to go in there and think this old man's got nothing. The same Sylvia did. And Sylvia got spanked for 30 minutes. I don't think that'll be the same because I think Brock is – I think Brock's a way better fighter than Sylvia, my opinion. doesn't mean anything, but, I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, it's going to be good, but at the end of the day, I think Couture – Beats Lesnar. I would love for Brock Lesnar to win. I would love it because it does a lot for our business. But I, you can't go against Randy, man.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I honestly, I don't see Randy being able to control that 280 pound bull. I honestly right. see it. That's you know either uh, I was uh, speaking with Brian Alvarez the other day and and you know we were talking about this and and he said that he'd he's picking Brock either ground and pound or five rounds he'll ride out the five rounds um, and I have to agree um, there's no way Randy's gonna tap him because Randy's right. not a submission guy Right. There's any way that, that Randy can control him he is too fucking big and huge right. and there's right. no way he'd be able to get a rear naked choke on that neck of Brock's
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay it's just not physically possible I mean I, the, I think just, uh, Randy's so fucking Randy's not even a heavyweight right you know, he's 205 at best.
2: I think, uh, well, Randy came in when they had nobody in the heavyweight division and won the title. Right. They basically said, Dana, I want to come back and fight in the heavyweight division. And Dana was like, well, who did he have? He had Sylvia, and that was pretty much about it. He had Sylvia and Orzlovsky and Brandon Vera. Well, come on now. You needed a headliner. But Brock has kind of taken over the headlining. Here's the thing about Brock. Here's the big difference about Brock and Couture. Couture can usually gas just about anybody as far as heavyweight, because he's in way better shape, and he, he knows how to pace himself. You cannot gas Lesnar. Lesnar is an NCAA champion. He's proven in the WWE, which is completely different, I know. But he went an hour with Kurt Angle in the Iron Man match. He's a machine. He can he's go. He no way he's going to get gassed.
1: You know, I, I tell you, within a year, Brock Lesnar is going to be the prototypical mixed martial arts fighter Right. that, that Randy was in the early 2000s. Exactly, it's you know, going to be the new breed, and they're going to be more like Lesnar because you know all those uh, amateur wrestlers, the NCAA, you know wrestlers, they're not going to go to WWE; they're going into MMA. Right, and you know that's it's, you know, it's a, the future is bright, brother, and you know these guys are getting more well-rounded by the minute, and you know the sport is
2: booming. Do you, I mean, you think Rulon Gardner goes to? Do you? What do you think Rulon Gardner does? Nothing. <laughs> too late. Too late. Yeah,
1: he is getting up there. Yeah, it's too late. Um when he did his thing for pride, he should have went full bore, but he didn't. Right. You know, he just came in for the freak, freak show fights. But um let, let's uh let's move on to the, the next subject. Um the ultimate fighter. We have uh Mir and No uh, Big Nog. Um that's gonna be an interesting fight. Um I honestly feel that each guy's jujitsu will cancel out the other. Right. So it's going to be hands.
2: Right. And
1: my feeling is that Mir's going to not gas in the first, I think probably the second, but now Mir has got, you know, he's had a rebirth. So he's going to be training. He's going to be coming in shape. You know, he'll be ready. Um, I, I think Nog's going to, you know, either. I don't even think he's going to tap him either. He'll knock him out or you know five round decision. Uh, wh- what do you think on that one?
2: So you got you got you got you got Nog no, uh, taking Mears' decision or knocking him out?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, first time I saw nagara was uh, against Sylvia, and uh, I was just so happy somebody beat Sylvia. I was marking out. I didn't know anything about him, but uh, he's awesome. He's uh, he, he's he's made history and pride. He's made history in the UFC. He is phenomenal. Uh, he's impressed me in the films that I've seen him. I think he's a machine. Uh, Mir impressed me against Lesnar. Meir's had a good run, but he had that motorcycle accident and that long uh, sabbatical. Uh, I think Nog will defeat him, I think, with his heavy hands. Uh, I think Mir got very, very lucky against Lesnar and mm-hmm. had, uh, had the referee not stopped Lesnar when he was pounding him the first time for the back-of-the-head shot. I think that would have been a very, very different fight than we saw. Uh, like, I'm not taking anything away from Mir, but I think against a heavy-handed fighter, I think Mir goes down. So I agree with you. I, I call it, I call it a two-round decision. Now, let me jump on something for you. We're talking about the Ultimate Fighter. The show last night. This, you watched it, right? Yes, sir. Okay. This guy, what's his name? The guy who fucking got drunk. Oh, the Junie
1: or Junie or whatever. Okay. yeah,
2: Brownie. So, so every, year, every year, every year, we have a guy, have a guy who gets wants smashed. to be Chris Lieben.
1: <laughs> huh?
2: He wants to be Chris Lieben. Right. Who gets smashed? <laughs> and every year we have the same scenario. So this year this guy goes in and starts talking shit to Negerra's team, starts stowing down and all this. Five minutes later he's on the ground crying. He's talking about his broken home and how he had to fight to legit stay alive. Boo hoo. I, I'm so, uh, you know, and every, it's like, they ha- they don't have magazines, they don't have newspapers, they don't have crossword puzzles, they don't have internet, they don't have TV, they don't have phones, they don't have blueberries, blackberries, blueberry muffins, they don't have cell phones, none of that. But they have fucking enough booze to stock the entire U.S. Army overseas. I'm, the only, it's entertaining television, I give you that. So I mean, I'm watching the show last night. And I'm getting pissed off by this guy because he's reminding me of that other prick from last year's show, Jesse, Big John McCarthy's twin brother. Uh, So it's pissing me off, and then they show the preview for next week's show. This motherfucker jumps over the cage and goes after somebody during a fucking fight. (laughs) What? The only thing I can think of is, is they're going to kick this guy off the show, and then at the finale, they'll bring him back and give him a fight like they did last year's dickhead. Well, that...
1: Jesse Taylor's no longer with the company, so they fired him.
2: Thank God.
1: Um, they gave him his one fight because they were contract... They were, uh, you know, obligated by a contract to give him the one fight. Ah. So yeah, that faggot's gone, so...
0: What yeah, a piece of shit he was.
1: It's bullshit. I mean, you know... It should the show shouldn't be based around these guys acting like goofs. It should be training, and you know people. It's supposed to smarten up the fans. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for to show the talents of these fighters, and they right. really make new stars. That's what it's about. Not not guys being fucking goofy and shit. Um, yeah, I mean there are some exceptions to the rule, but still, it, it's you know you can't everybody can't be Chris Leben,
2: you know? right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. being and Lieben. Who do you got coming up? Lieben, Lieben. All the way. Really? Yes.
1: I yeah. I don't think uh, Bisping has a chin.
2: And Bisping's undefeated.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe him. I don't believe the hype. Really? I Honestly, don't. Yeah, I don't think he has a chin, and Lieben's gonna knock him the hell out.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, can anybody, anybody on the face of this earth? Stop Anderson Silva. That we know of right now. Uh.
1: Kung Lee, strike force. I think that's I, the only man that could that could keep up with him striking.
2: I've seen him fight, very impressive.
1: I think he's the only guy that can keep up with him as far as throwing hands.
2: So Patrick O'Tay in about three weeks is just a sparring session. <laughs> First round stoppage. You know what? That,
1: that that that's fine. That means we're gonna get to see you know
2: undercard fights.
1: <laughs> Works for me. You know, everybody
2: wins. Oh, that's awesome! That's you know? awesome. Wow! I don't have to wait to watch him off UFC.com. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: That's, That's true. Uh,
2: let me uh, let me say this. Uh, uh, Necro
0: Butcher, uh,
2: lo- Necro Butcher is very good at rewriting history. So anyway, so I'm listening to the sh- to the thing you sent me, clips of the shoot from Smart Mark. Anyway, so uh, the clip about him talking about him starting an IHW. So anyway, so this guy calls me on the phone and says I'm Dylan Summers, and he says he wants to come work for IHW. I was like, well, let me see a tape. He sends me a tape, and it was he said he tried the necro-butcher gimmick. He tried it, and I said, well, we're going to run with it. So, I mean, don't listen to him on that. We ran with it. That's all we did. But anyway, so he comes up here. On a Smart Mark shoot, he tells the interviewer that the Fort Worth police came to the first two shows he was at and shut us down. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect. The Fort Worth Police Department did show up and <laughs> Issued citations to people who were parked in people's yards. (laughs) But (laughs) once they found out we were doing a wrestling show, they stayed and watched. (laughs) So (laughs) we were never shut down. It sounds cooler, but I really like to stick to reality as opposed to fiction. Everything else he says on there is 100% true. And he doesn't tell us about the time. And I'm going to tell this story. It's funny. And there's two stories here, really quick, two stories. Okay, one has to do with Mickey Rourke. He's in The Wrestler. Mickey Rourke did a fantastic job of her, nothing but great reviews. I can't wait to see it when it comes out here in December. Uh, I'm glad my buddy Dylan was in and he gets props. Um, I asked him, was there any way he could throw IHW into one of his lines? He said, no, I was pretty pissed. But anyway, uh, so Mickey Rourke, the first time, uh, or uh, Dylan, we showed this movie. You ever seen the movie Thursday. Hey Z, you ever seen that movie? Uh, which? Thursday. Uh, no, not offhand. Okay. Thomas Jane, Aaron Eckhart, Mickey Rourke are in it. It's phenomenal. It's about 90 minutes. It's an independent-type gimmick. Uh, if you can, check it out. it's real. I don't know if it's on DVD. I know it's on BHS because I own it. But anyway, so I showed in this movie for the first time with Balls and Chris Wolf. Well, this fool, about a year later, he has it in the back of his van. He stole it from a video store, because it has the fucking video store emblem all over the fucking, he's like, I ain't taking this back, ha, ha, ha. But anyway, uh, he fell in love with the movie, and I just thought that was kind of cool, and Mickey Rourke in it, Mickey Rourke in wrestler, okay, that went nowhere, no pop.
1: Anywho. Actually, hold up, David. I have it. It came out in 1998, right? Yes. Okay. What I'm doing is, I am going to download it right now, and I will watch it tomorrow.
2: Please. You will, okay, I guarantee cool. you'll love it. I guarantee you. Okay, second story. I'm about to start work for RF Video in Great Valley Mills Mall. They have a little store in Great Valley Mills Mall. That's my first job. I just graduated high school. I'm about to start working there as a clerk. So anyway, so Necro calls us the night before, me, Balls, and Wolf, the founding fathers of IHW, and he said, you need to come down to Colleen to my house. The wife's gone. The kids are gone. Come down. So anyway... So we drive down there. We hated driving down there because it's fucking five and a half hours round trip. So we drive down there. Dylan's house has a variety of aromas. Um, won't want to get into them at the moment, but everything you can think of was it. That's what it smelled like. So anyway, so we stayed up playing virtual pro wrestling, uh, the Japanese wrestling game. But about three o'clock in the morning, he demands that we go to the Walmart. He wants apple pie, and he wants milk. I remember this story. <laughs> he wants apple pie and milk. So first we stopped at Denny's. We stopped at Denny's. And uh, so I walk in, and I want to get a Grand Slam. they are only two ninety nine. The fucking waitress won't give me my two ninety nine Grand Slam. I start shooting, man. I start going off on this poor little waitress saying, I'm fucking promoter by HW. I want my two ninety nine Grand Slam. She goes, well, that's only certain hours. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. So she wouldn't give me my two ninety nine grand, so I'm going to pay five forty nine for it. Dylan's making fun of me the whole time. If you ask him about it today, he'll laugh. So then we go to Walmart. He's running around Walmart with a milk carton and a fucking apple pie, holding it like he's in a fucking Mario Brothers video game. So uh the, sto- the that story ended up us staying up all night, me having to drive back to up here and fucking go to our video for the first time. uh, Not hungover, but sleepy as hell, because Necrobutcher made me stay up with him, drink milk, eat apple pie, and play Japanese wrestling video
1: games. (laughs) Tremendous.
0: Yes. You can't buy those kind of stories, my friend.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: All right. Well, we're at the hour and a
1: half mark. It's about time to wrap up. Um, How could uh, people get information on the IHW show?
2: www.ihwenow.com, that is ihwe.now.com. It has uh, events, we're making a comeback. We have a tour starting in November, the Texas Side Massacre tour. We're going to be in Dallas, we're going to be in Fort Worth, uh, so check that out. It has models, we have hot models now, really good looking ladies. Uh, roster, old media, videos, merchandise, DVDs, shirts, all kinds of goofy stuff. IhweNow dot com. Awesome, Mr.
1: Fuller. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, you guys uh, draw a packed house, and you know the uh, elder statesmen get the love and respect that they deserve. Um, I won't be there, but I'll be there in spirit, brother. And uh, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank y'all, and you have yourself a wonderful night, KZ. I will give you a report this weekend.
1: Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. you take care now. You too. All right, that was Vengeance David Fuller, the owner-operator, CEO, boss man of IHW Entertainment. We've uh, got that very big show, IHWENow.com. Uh, it's this Saturday. Um, we're going to wrap up a little early. Um, many apologies for Sarah Del Rey not making the show. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened, but we'll have to find out and get her rescheduled. Um Once again, check out our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Look around all kinds of stuff. Um, And FogCityWrestling.com. FogCity, coming back. October 25th, DNA Lounge, south of Market, San Francisco. Um, FogCityWrestling.com. You'll be able to get all the information. Uh, The two main events, Dylan Drake against Baby Slim, which should be a pretty hot match, and Olafa the Samoan Tank against Raven. Uh, Should be a very fun, fun encounter. Uh, We're going to head out with a song, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday for the one-year anniversary of Rubber Guard Radio. Good night.